Community Storytelling Fellow Alice Wong asks, how do people with disabilities who rely on personal assistance negotiate their relationships with the people that assist them? And how does that inform their sense of independence or interdependence with others? In this next story from the San Francisco Bay Area, Wong searches for answers. I don't want to get up, but here I am, in bed, needing to get up and get in my wheelchair. From the minute I wake up, I'm connected to people. Can't get away from it, even if I wanted to. Kenzie Roby is an artist in San Francisco who has multiple people that work for him. Like me, he's in bed when his attendant arrives. I have no use of my legs, so I'm very dependent on care providers. So when someone comes in in the morning, the first thing they need to do, wash their hands, <laughs> wash their hands, get gloves, and then check and be sure I'm clean. Mm -hmm. And I can't urinate unless someone inserts mm -hmm. a catheter inside my bladder, and I need to do that several times a day. When you need help with almost every aspect of your life, it changes the way you relate to others. I got a chance to talk with some of my disabled friends in the Bay Area, exploring their relationships with people who help them with their daily activities. Kenzie says it's different each time he trains a new attendant. And I've had people that, that are able to be directed and able to be taught the procedure within 30 minutes or two hours. And I've had other people who feel like, well, why are you picking on me? Why do I have to change my gloves? You're wasting, you're wasting material. And I have to tell them that the gloves are disposable. I'm not. Some people have spouses and family members as their attendants, whether they're paid or unpaid. Ingrid Tischer lives in Berkeley with her husband. Here's their typical morning. When we get up, he's the person in the household who sort of gets the day started by making the coffee, starting the breakfast. Um, and I sleep at night using a BiPAP machine. A BiPAP machine helps a person breathe. So I get up and sort of take care of that. This is funny, but I would say in the time that I've been married, it's probably been the first time in my adult life when I could um, wear pretty much anything I want or do something with my hair without it being a big deal. And he can help me button things, pull things on, um, zip things, and then like tie my hair back if I want. And he's really good natured about it the way, you know, he makes it nice. Love your hair. Oh, Another Berkeley you. resident, Alana Terrio, has been living independently for 34 years. She employs six attendants and extra backup workers for shifts throughout the week. They go where she goes, including the home and out in the community. I hate driving on the freeway, but they're all very good sports and drive me where I need to go. And then put me home set me up with a snack, 
help me open my mail, do whatever paperwork at the house, make dinner, and they leave at 6 p.m. And um, at that point, I have a little downtime, which is nice. Having privacy can be hard when you need assistance often. I don't have enough alone time now. I have the care hours that I need, and that's fabulous, but at the same time, I don't have the alone time that I miss. I miss that now. Anyone who uses personal assistance is part director, choreographer, and actor. Patty Byrne is the director of Sins Invalid, a performing arts group in Berkeley. She compares her work to how she gets her needs met. Like seriously, people are like, where do you get such skills? And I'm like, well, I, you know how it, what it takes me to get dressed every day? Like that is a production. Right. So of course I can manage like a show, you know? Cause like I can, I yeah. produce an event every day when I'm dressed and, you know, fed and choreography, right? Yeah, oh my God. Being disabled and using personal assistance isn't a solo act. It's an ensemble production where relationships are the key to a successful show. One pivotal scene in my daily drama is how I gotta have my coffee every afternoon when working from home. Since I can't make it myself and I'm picky about my coffee, I communicate clearly and supervise my mom, who is one of my attendants. My addiction to coffee is at stake and it must be satisfied. Welcome. For Alana, it's all about teamwork. I try to foster relationships between the workers. It's nice because usually I have two to three days of training, and then maybe one or two attendants involved in that training. So right off the bat, they meet each other. And, um, and I'll encourage them to say, huh, I don't know, maybe we should call someone to find out how we deal with this problem. or. I encourage them to call each other when they need a sub, so it's not just all on email. There are a lot of ways disabled people express their thanks to their attendants. Showing gratitude can go a long way. Once a year I host um, attendant appreciation dinner where we go out. I think, and as I build relationships with them, they care about me and I care about them. Care is involved in the work of personal assistance, but it's impossible to ignore the power dynamics. Rachel Stewart, who lives and works in Alameda, describes the give and take nature of the relationship. I think I'm still learning and I think that, um, like you said, it's a very fine line, but it's kind of like also letting people know when like the line has been crossed. It's like, okay, like I really need you to be on time because I'm gonna pee my pants unless you're here on time. Mm-hmm. You know, like just being really frank and upfront mm-hmm. with people uh, is really important and being honest, but also like showing your appreciation and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's a hard one to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. Navigating these boundaries can be tricky, especially if your attendant is also your family member. Ingrid describes the understanding she has with her husband, Ken. I don't ever have to be concerned, for example, that one of us is going to use our argument 
to sort of get back at the other one in the course of assisting usually me with something. Um, and I think it's important for the health of the relationship because um, at some point, Ken is going to need help from me more than he does now. And I think if we have a foundation of knowing what each other's limits are and what we will not transgress, that's what the health of the relationship is built on. Appreciation, trust, communication, and a shared sense of responsibility can keep relationships strong between attendants and disabled people. Keeping balance between your actions and your politics is another vital aspect. Patty recalls the time when she supported her attendant. You know, one of my attendants, um, unfortunately, she recently um, broke her wrist. And um, rather than being like, okay, you're disposable, I'm just going to hire somebody else. I hired an assistant for her mm -hmm. to help with the pieces of the routine that she couldn't do anymore because that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, you know, it's it just, you know, how, how do we meet our needs collectively, you know? And it's really cool because these nuances of movement that she didn't realize I was contributing to the routine now that she's doing one-handed, mm -hmm. she's like seeing things, oh yeah, actually like Patty's supporting her own balance. So for Patty, this is an example of disability justice in action. Communities can create collective access and no one is disposable. Jessica Lehman is the Executive Director of Senior Disability Action in San Francisco. She tells me when she first connected disability justice with domestic workers' rights. What happens at my home is, you know, a little piece of that big picture that I'm talking about and that I have really committed my life to. And it just felt like the best example of the personal is political and of what an opportunity I have to, to learn and to live my values, to tie together what, what I care about, you know, to bring the values that I put out into the world, to to really feel that in my own body and in my own home, um, and to be able to work on that with other people. Hey, Mom. I'm ready to go to bed now. Okay, Can you turn off my hospital bed? Can you turn on the oxygen, please? Well, it's time for me to go to bed. As my mom turns on my oxygen machine and my air mattress, I'll leave you with these final thoughts. Disabled people and their attendants are both vulnerable and resilient. Our relationships and well-being are linked. How we treat each other is a reflection of the kind of world we want to live in. Our labor has value. We are stronger together. For the Biggie Contact Storytelling Fellowship, I'm Alice Wall.